Hi, this is Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here with Mike Urban, Senior Director of Fraud Product Management at FICO. We're going to discuss malware online and at the ATM and what the industry is doing to better understand customer behavior. Mike, before we get started, could you go ahead and give the audience a little background about yourself and tell us exactly what your role is at FICO? I'm a Senior Director of Global Fraud Solutions at FICO. I've been in the transaction processing business for probably about 18 years and about 15 of those focused on financial fraud, identifying financial fraudulent transactions. Okay, and that ties in well with the discussion that we're going to have today. I wanted to talk with you about malware and ATM invasions, and the first question I have on my list relates to that topic specifically, and I wanted you to speak to what you see as being the greatest threats facing financial institutions and ACH networks today when it comes to malware and ATM invasions. Sure, that's a great question and something that's certainly uh, on the top of everyone's minds. So um, both of these types of malware are an issue issue for financial institutions today. And of the two, malware that's installed on consumers and business computers is much more widespread than ATM malware. Um, there are several uh, types of Trojans uh, or malware that are desi designed to work inside the user's web browser. Um, in order to actually compromise the computer and, and, and compromise pieces of data. Um, one of the most well-known one is uh, called Zeus, uh, and it's got several features uh, which make it difficult for computer users to know that their own computer has been breached. Um, one of those is that Zeus is compiled uniquely by each criminal, and what that means is it's very different, difficult for uh, the antivirus software to identify a specific signature related to Zeus. So each time a criminal compiles the Zeus malware, it creates a slightly different signature, which then has to be identified and updated. So each time that piece of malware is created and released into the environment, there's a new signature, so it's very difficult to track. Zeus is also a polymorphic uh, piece of malware. And what that means is it continues to change over time once it gets inside the user's computer to further evade identification. So if, uh, for instance, if it gets deleted from the computer, then it'll realize it's not there and it'll change its name and install itself somewhere else. Um, Zeus is probably the best known piece of malware out there that's related to compromising uh, online banking transactions, but there are several other lesser known variants uh, of malware that are also out and running in the wild and, and have been for several years now. And so as our technology has improved to identify man-in-the-middle attacks, and that's where the criminals get in between the user's computer and the online banking site, so if they sent out a spam to the consumer, they clicked on the link, they thought they were going to the financial institution, it was actually getting routed through a uh, compromised computer somewhere, and then the criminal could get in between capture credentials, initiate transactions. And so um, now the criminals uh, are really moving to man-in-the-browser attacks. And the man-in-the-browser attack enables criminals to execute transactions in real time directly from the user's computer while the victim is logged in to the online banking site. And the malware can also cover its tracks uh, by hiding the transaction activity in the browser. So if the criminal is able to execute that transaction for a transfer uh, to another uh, financial institution account, 
it will actually add that back into the balance and present it back to the user so that they're not aware that a transaction has taken place. Businesses are getting compromised in a similar way, but the business is generally liable for the loss. Some businesses have started to take their case to court when they're not reimbursed for these losses, which has really brought it out into the public. And so we're much more aware of it from a business perspective. And we shouldn't really be surprised that the criminals have moved to businesses because the account balances are much larger. And criminals use the Internet to connect together all the different players in the market. They can outsource the work to many different people who bid their services, and, and these services you know, range from the, the criminals who write the malware to the spammers who uh, send out the emails to get people to uh, go to the, the websites that host the malware, to the botnet operators, um, and ultimately uh, to the mules who will go out and open up bank accounts at financial institutions so that once the criminals can get into someone's account, they can move that money to the mule account, and then the mule pull that money out and then transfer the money in a different way uh, outside of the country to the criminal. Let's say they invest $4,000 in a malware kit, um, and they are able to compromise a business computer uh, used by someone in the finance department. They can successfully execute a transaction for $100,000, and the money is then moved into an account operated by the mule, who will then transfer the money out of the country. The criminal will usually pay the mule about 10% of the take, or let's say $10,000 from $100,000. So if the criminal just paid $14,000 for $100,000, that's like a seven times return on investment. And there's, you know, where else can you get a return like that? Now, from an ATM malware pers perspective, I think that's pretty scary. Generally, ATM software is more hardened and less susceptible to malware. So the situations we've seen revolve around an insider or someone who has access uh, to the ATM to install the malware. And once the malware is installed, there are a couple key things that it does, depending on uh, what card number is on the card that's inserted into the ATM, uh, the criminal can perform functions such as printing out the card details that, that the ATM has processed, and they can also jackpot the ATM. And that means that they can perform a transaction that will not be recorded. And I've spent a few years in the ATM industry, and I know that you do not want to be the person that's settling that ATM when there are thousands of dollars missing from the machine without a record. So, Mike, what is the industry doing from an authentication perspective to help combat some of these issues when we talk about the financial institutions, the networks, and then maybe even some of the commercial clients? So there's been a lot of investment in device authentication technologies, which are kind of like the key to the door. You know, they, they let the uh, account holder access, you know, the online banking system. And there are also uh, solutions out there that will encrypt the uh, channel uh, between the consumer's computer and the uh, and the user to try, or the the online banking site to uh, try and protect uh, the the transaction that's taking place, encrypted web browsers, other things like that. You know, there's really sort of a cat and mouse game going on in terms of how the criminals are looking to defeat the systems. One of the key pieces to the puzzle um, that I see is really being able to understand your customer's behavior. And what I mean by that is really being able to uh, understand the nuances of how your customer transacts across your transaction channels. And when you can identify those types of behavior changes that take place, so it's not just about 
how do the criminals transact, that's part of the picture. What's the riskiness of fraud for this transaction? But also, how does this uh, play within your customer's known behavior? We've been discussing malware and authentication techniques with Mike Urban, Senior Director of Fraud Product Management at FICO. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.